Well, thanks for tuning in to the Essential Craftsman Podcast. I'm Nate. I've got a great discussion for you here with Chris Ermides. Chris is an editor at This Old House, and he's a really well-rounded and interesting guy with a lot of experience in the industry, both as a tradesman and a contractor, as well as working for you know places like This Old House, Journal of Light Construction, Fine Home Building Magazine. He's put a lot of content online and has a lot of insight about tools and just all sorts of things. And it was really a fun and interesting conversation. I learned a lot and I hope you enjoy it. Let's get right to it. Chris, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Nate. It's a uh, it's real pleasure to be here. I'm a huge fan of Essential Craftsman, and uh, I've been following you guys since the beginning, I think. Oh, well, well that's great. Now, I want to start by talking about This Old House, and I almost hate to admit it, but I haven't watched much This Old House in my life. Now, I, know the, I know the basics. I know Tom Silva and Norm Abrams, yeah. and I've seen a handful, but I, I'm not one of the guys who can say, I grew up watching This Old House, so I'm hoping you can speak as if, if there's other people like me and bring me and everyone else up to speed on this old house, maybe give us the overview. Ha- happy to, happy to. Um, and I, I, I hear you, no worries. So we, we started, the brand started in 1979 and it really launched the home improvement TV genre. So we started as a um, you know, we, we, we followed the renovation of, ha- of a couple projects a season. And back then in 1979, they, they bought a house, I think, and then, and then did the renovation and, and Russ Morash, who, who spearheaded the whole thing and had the, he was the visionary. Um, he set the groundwork for where we are today. Um, it's, it's maintained its authenticity. It's, uh, it's, 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 trust with the audience over the years is 41 years because we're so rooted in having pros our experts are actually real contractors like like your dad like they they've been doing this um they're they're you know for their careers and this is what they do day in and day out so like you mentioned tom silva uh he's a general contractor he he's been on the show for almost 41 years, I think maybe 35 years, 36 years. Um, wow. Rich, Rich Trithui, who's, uh, who's the pl- our plumber, plumbing and heating expert. He started, I'm pretty sure since day one. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, Norm Abram, um, who's been, who's around since the beginning as well and, and, and launched New Yankee Workshop um, after, after several years uh, on this old house. So we've been we've been doing the the home renovation since then since 1979 and it's it's a it's a family oriented show. I mean, I grew up watching it when I was a kid with my dad. My dad was a weekend warrior. Um, he was constantly working on our house, and and I would go to the hardware store with him on Saturdays. And you know, I, I really got into it. I loved it, and and we hear that a lot from folks. Um, you know, there, there, there are fans who've been fans from multi-generations, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so it's fun to be part of that. You know, I feel really grateful to be part of that. And, you know, like I said, like our experts are, are, they're the real deal. They're, they're, mm-hmm. it's, we're not, no one's, 
pretending to be doing anything. Everybody yeah. that is represented on our show, um, you know, Jeff Sweener, Jen Nawada, Tom Silva, um, roster through. I mean, I could go through the, the there's a long list now of, you know, yeah. we've, what we've done over the years is we've, we've expanded our trades and brought in more experts into the TOH universe people who've been working on those jobs and on those job sites, uh, Mauro Enrique, yeah. um, you know, Charlie Silva. So it's, it's been around for a long time. It was a TV show. Uh, it's still a TV show. Every, uh, we do two projects a season. Um, we follow the renovation, like real, you know, no frills, not trying, no tricks, no TV tricks, nothing like that happening. It's, it's actual job sites and we follow the renovation of, of two projects a season um, over the course of, I think, 12, 12-ish episodes each. And the goal is just to, to educate our, our viewers and, and entertain them, hopefully, and, and really just serve their, their interest and, and empower them. So our tagline is like, build your dream, do it, do it right. You know, uh -huh. so, so we've, we've, we've always been about doing everything as far as renovations, maintenance, anything, how to like the right way. And yeah. coming from our experts, you know, they're, they're trusted because like I said, they've been doing it. So there's uh, something about, and that's what you're speaking to, but hearing something from the expert, meaning someone who's done it for decades versus someone who could deliver the exact same information but when you see them you know like you've never done that before what yeah. is it why why is that so it's like intangible yeah i don't know why it matters but it it does it's everything right it's so true it's so true and i think that's one of the reasons why your you know your dad resonates with some so many people yeah he just he just he's like he's got that magic you know he delivers his yeah. like like a sunday sermon um yeah and yeah and, he's the confidence. And, and There's something experience. like, I, I think especially for guys in the trades, but even for anyone else making a living where you see someone who you know has spent the, those same sleepless nights and stressful jobs and like has been in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And exactly. even if they're not like, for example, Larry Hahn is another person. And like when you're watching him make those videos, you know, it's not like some high pressure thing the way it is on lots of job sites, but you know, he's been there yeah. and there's something about that that just makes you connect. Like this person understands, you know, whatever a 14 hour day and having like a worn out boots, you know, after yep. a month or something. So it's, it's just like, it's, it's simultaneously intangible, but it's also, it's everything, you yeah. know, that's like the, it's the foundation almost of being able to trust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th I think part of it is, you know, like, like Larry Hahn is such a great example. He, he goes about, he, he was, he went about everything he did. And, and when he was sharing it with such ease and it was, it was like second nature to him. And, and I, I, I noticed that too, with our, with our experts, like, you know, especially Tom Sello, I've had the, I've been lucky enough to be on job site when he's, you know, he's, he's doing stuff, um, for the camera in front of the camera. And he, they just, he just loves teaching, you know, and yeah. he loves to share, um, share what he knows and share his experience. But there's no, 
like with Larry Hahn, like with your dad, there's no pretense to it. There's no, there's no ego involved. You know, it's, it's just, you know, this is, this is what I do. This is what I know. And I want to, I'm going to share it with you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's right. Um, of the cast of this old house, do you, is, do you have any like particular favorites? Maybe when you were a kid that you were watching that you kind of, that really stuck out? Yeah. I mean, definitely as a kid, Tom Silva, I, I really, he really resonated with me because of that. Um, his, his, he's always seemed on, you know, when I saw him on TV to have this sort of gentle and generous spirit and, and that he, he reminded my dad is like that. Like my dad, um, my, he, he just felt sort of like my dad. And I think a lot of people, I've talked to other folks who've, who've watched the show over the years and, and who grew up watching it. And I've heard that similar thing. And, um, he, he, I think that's, you know, he would be, he would be, he's the one that I, I got to meet him early in my career as a, as a journalist in this industry. And he was, he was my, uh, I just, I was absolutely blown away getting to meet him yeah. and, and, you know, so he's, yeah, there's something about, not only someone who has the skills, let's say, like you said, making something difficult look effortless, because there's a lot of professionals, like you could even say professional athletes who can do that, but to have that also be someone very approachable and open and friendly is just, that's just magic. Exactly. Yeah. No, it really is. It really is. I, I had, I've walked trade shows with, with Tommy, um, in the past when we were able to actually go in person to trade shows. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people flock to him and he is always the same around all of them. You know, he's just genuine, sincere, kind, you know, happy to talk to anybody and super respectful. And, and I think, he, you know, I get the sense that he just appreciates, being able to, you know, like I said, like teach and share what he knows. So I know you're not on like the film crew side of this old house, but we've learned in our spec house project, how it's challenging because you're, we are filming the, the real world, exactly what's happening, but having the camera there, it just changes it. And even in terms of planning, because we might, there might be a process on the house that my dad wants to like dig into. Because mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense, and I'll and I'll be like, ah, "Don't do that yet." Because let's do that at this other time so that I can also film X Y Z. Or maybe it's like, "Don't do that yet," because I'd rather that didn't show up in the background of this video yeah. we're doing right now. So, I guess my point is, there even though it is authentic, it's still the the filming aspect changes it. Do you have any insight on oh, sure. what that's like for you guys? Because these, the pros are, that's what they do, but I know it makes a difference on yeah. like the way they have to work when the camera, and you guys have probably more than one camera and more than one person there. Interestingly enough, for the, for the main show, for this old house, um, there is only one camera typically there. Um, oh. but, and, and our, our producer and, and showrunner, John Tomlin, um, he, it's just planning, you know, and, and, and I think experience for them, like, like, Tommy, Richard, and Jeff Sweener, um, Charlie Silva, they've they, like Jen Nuada, they've all been through it so many times. They've been, yeah. they've been through the filming process so many times. So there's a lot of like we, we have a pre pro call and I get to be on those and they talk about, 
you know, okay, what we're going to shoot tomorrow, what's going to happen. And then, you know, all right, well, you're going to be putting coffered ceiling up. What, what are the steps? And then Tommy will run through the steps and, and then, you know, what are we going to show? We're going to show these things. All right, well, we need to have these things pre-cut. So they, they do, they, they, I think that I've seen it happen and I think that they just, they've been doing it for so long that they, they know sort of how to. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're probably at like the 1982 stage where they, (laughs) they, they figured it out, but they got to work. They had to work these kinks out a long time ago. And that's what we've been, I'd say improving on because when we started the project we're on, we pictured it totally different than how it's actually happening for this exact reason. You know, you've, you think it's like, Oh yeah, it's no big deal. You just run the camera, but it's just more complicated. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I gotta be, I have to imagine too, it's tough for someone to be, who's used to just doing it. Just, just like your dad with your dad's level of experience, just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to cut these stair stringers this way. And then he's suddenly got a, think yeah. about like you're you're stopping them and you're going yeah. wait a minute dad like i need to see the framing square register right. on the edge there and you can't like yeah we can't yeah, exactly. so like, fast. like i gotta imagine on. or it's like do that again real quick that that really <laughs> would be so annoying yeah not not to mention i mean the camera my dad i've heard him refer to it like a microscope a lot of times and what he means by that is like everybody's looking at all of his work, like so up close and personal, yeah. and it's just human nature to kind of tend to be critical. Yeah, and that would be hard too. Just like, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm sure tradesmen do that they're just glad nobody is looking at too close. Sure. Not that it's wrong. It's just kind of like nobody needs to see that. Yeah. And unfortunately, on for for my dad and for for your guys, it's sort of like well, people are going to see it. Yeah, exactly. And I guess it's it's the like trusting a guy I asked Tom once about, I joked with him that, you know, there's, there's, there's other ways of doing things. And then there's the, there's Tom Silva's way of doing things. And, and he had a really interesting response and, you know, it was like, this is the way I do it. It's not the only way to do it. It's not the, you know, other people might do it differently, but this yeah. is just the way I do it. And, and when you have the experience that he has or your dad has and, you know, other people, experts in the, in the trades like them, they, they can, there's always going to be people online who are yeah. sitting there picking it apart and, and, you know, have something to say about it. But at the end of the yeah. day, they're, they're getting the job done and, you know. They're, they're, yeah. And there's a type of confidence, like my dad, he'll, he'll there will be some like critical comments, but they actually don't bother him too much because as most tradespeople know, it's like, if you were here on this job in this setting, mm-hmm. you would know, you would, it would make sense why. And so there's a confidence that comes with, you know, have knowing you're doing it the way that works that you've maybe not always done it, but to where if people are chirping and making complaints then it's sort of like well i don't know what to tell you that it had to be done that way even sometimes on one job like if a tradesman comes after like another trade and it's like oh, well this person why they do that that really messed me up mm-hmm. and you can usually just like if the, if you're there be like well the reason is because yeah. of this and they're right. like oh, oh yeah okay, i see you know what i mean yeah. it's like if yeah. it had all the information it would be a little easier to yeah and there's just no there's no um if if, if like to to put all of that 
to contextualize all of that all the time in video form or, or whatever, like it would just, it, it, it would lose, I think some of the magic and some of the, some of the point of what we're all doing. And yeah. like, I'm thinking about, uh, we, we did a project recently and they had to hang, they had to, because of scheduling, they put the wood floors in on the first floor and hung the doors on the second floor before, you know, so, th- mm-hmm. so they ended up putting, putting the wood floors down on the second floor and cutting the jams and doing all that, which some people right. do it that way. Other people yeah. you know, have their own preference, but and it was only because like they had to have both those subs on the job site at the same day and they had to kind of, they had yeah. to keep the job moving and people were say, yeah. well, why are they putting the, you know, why are they putting the doors up that way? You know, it's stupid, Yeah, but it's, it's just, you know, like you said, like you gotta yep. make those decisions and keep moving and forward. That reminds me of cost because it's very easy to look at a job or a video and, and be critical saying, oh, well, this is a better product or this. Or like you said, if, if the sub made another trip, that would be better, but right. it costs money to do that. And it's very difficult if you're not the one either writing the check or billing to care at all what somebody else is spending. And so that's something that kind of falls, it kind of falls through the cracks. You know, people, you don't, they don't feel it the way we feel, you right. know, when we're yep. writing these checks and, you know, that's just, that's how these things go. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, and you hope that, you know, the, that noise to me, you know, that sort of the, the criticism just, it, it fades away from, yeah. you know, with, with all the other, uh, um, the positive things that are coming out of it. So t- talk to me for a minute, but just about contractors. And I know you're, you're not, you're not a contractor licensed contractor in that way at the moment, but you've been around it obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I was for, I was for a long time. Uh, I worked in the trades for a long time and, okay. um, was a remodeling contractor for a while. And oh. yeah. Uh, I've, so, I've, so why is it that uh, maybe just speaking about cost and price, but the, the skills, let's say the, the actual techniques and skills is kind of one thing, but the billing and the marketing and the scheduling is at least as complicated as the technical know-how. And I, I mean, you almost feel bad for the guys who are really skilled, but who are weak in those areas because yeah. it's, it's really going to be hard to succeed as a contractor. Uh, is that what you've that's, seen? At- yeah. I mean, that's, that's my story really. I mean, I, I, I loved the day to day. I loved the work. I loved improving my skills and growing and, and doing that and being on job sites and working with other trades and doing all those things. But at the end of the day, like working on my own and, and trying to have a business and create all that, like th- those, those aspects of it were way beyond anything that I felt I could even like, you know, have a, have a decent handle on, let alone, you know, firm enough to, to actually build into something. And I think that that's super common in, for people in the trades, you know, and I think that that's, um, that's something that I know that there's a, there's a friend, a guy I follow on Instagram, Sean Van Dyke. Um, and he, he's, he's sort of a business coach for contractors. And I oh. know some folks, uh, I have some friends who've used him and it has really improved their, their ability to make a living as, as a tradesman. Um, because they, they've given, you know, he's sort of taught them those, those skills and they are, I mean, they're skills that, you know, those of us who tend towards working with our hands and, and enjoy, you know, enjoying that process and, and 
get great satisfaction out of that and, and working on homes and building homes, it's it's such a different skill set and interest than bookkeeping and yeah. and accounting and all of those other things that it's it's like a foreign thing. Yeah. So I, I think that you know the, the folks that I know who've been successful at it have figured out you know how to put the right people in place to do that stuff for them or have had enough of a knack to to stand on something else to to learn those skills but i don't think it's yeah. anything that comes real naturally a lot of contractors kind of get by by then doing cheaper shoddier work yeah. because they're kind of that's like the one thing that sometimes can give and you know, maybe they don't want to maybe they do i'm not making excuses for them but that's how that happens where a contractor does poor work and is on to the next job is because he's missing out on those skills that would have yeah. allowed him to do the the correct job. It's hard to find a good contractor. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that you bring up a really good point. I think that people, you know, the whole adage time is money and I yeah. mean, it's so true in our, in our industry and, and you know, people get nervous about being on, on a job too long or, you know, yeah. taking too long to do a specific task. And you know that, you know, if it takes you three days to do this, when if you were more efficient at it, it would take you a day or, or you had better, you know, more tools or whatever to do it that much faster. It's, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge yeah. difference. And it's hard to, you know, especially when you're starting out, it's really hard to get a handle on that. And yeah. I think that, you know, for me personally, my experience when I was trying to work, I was, I started out working for, um, several different contractors early on in my career when I was in my twenties, sort of part-time when I was teaching and then went on, you know, left teaching and went full-time into, into construction. I was working for a contractor. We did everything from form, you know, forming footings to the rough and wiring, framing everything. We did all of it. And I left there thinking, okay, I've got these skills now I can go, you know, I'll be able to go do my own jobs, but I didn't appreciate like how important it was to have other people doing other things and how much mm -hmm. time it takes to do things on your own, but also just how important it is to not spend too much time on things so that you can mm -hmm. keep moving forward. And it, it yeah. people, I think folks who are starting out in the business get lost in that pretty easily. I feel like the weekend warrior types have a real advantage here because we all love working and using tools and watching something come together. And if you're able, if you have a career that allows you to do these things on the weekend and on your days off, that is really a great middle ground because mm -hmm. you get to do the hands-on part, you get to be around the tools and you don't have to deal with all of the rest of it. So I guess what I'm saying, if you have an office job and you're kind of wishing and thinking like, oh, if only I could be in the sun, um, it's not bad to be able to do it on the weekends also, you know, that's yeah. that there's, there's a real silver lining to doing it that way. And it is that you miss out on that whole, it maybe it's more than half of the, of the job of a contractor is, is managing employees and payroll and mm -hmm. billing and bookkeeping. And it, there's, a, I'd say the guys who are the best, most successful contractors 
are, are not very often the ones even doing the work, which is, you know, probably the, what got them there in the first place. So yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah. Before we move on from this old house, what's, what's new at this old house? I know you guys have, or you're running a podcast there now. Tell us in what way it's um, continuing to evolve and what other types of content you guys are putting out. So in, in addition to the the flagship show, This Old House, we launched Ask This Old House 19, 20 years ago, I think. And that is a different sort of show where they, you know, homeowners write in and then we, our experts go and, and help them with whatever maintenance, repair, or upgrade question they have. So the the brand has evolved in that way. And now we're taking all of that, you know, those years of content and trying to make it more accessible across all the different platforms that are out there now. You know, we have a streaming app. Um, we're available. You know, we're still weekly on PBS to millions of viewers. Uh, we have a, a very robust YouTube channel now. Um, I think we're up to 1.5 million subscribers. So wow. um, we're trying to reach, you know, provide information to folks there. Uh, like you said, we've got uh, the Ask podcast that I'm. I'm working on, um, where people, you know, we can't, we get questions all the time and people will write in for the show. We can obviously, obviously address all of them. So the podcast is, is an opportunity for us to, to make our, our content accessible to more people and, and to serve, you know, some of those folks who are, who are looking for answers. And so I'll, I'll, I'll interview a homeowner and then I'll go and I'll interview the the expert on on the answer and and the purpose of that is to be hopefully entertaining and interesting but also uh like digestible and and easy access for for folks on that inf- on that information. And then we also launched another podcast last year called Clear Story that's hosted by our TV show host Kevin O'Connor and that I got to work on that with him and we're, 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 we're ramping up for another season, season two, uh, pretty soon. That is like, you know, the, the whole premise of it is a clear story window that, that sheds light from above, you know? So, yeah. so we're, we're, we're taking, we're, we're taking topics like, like water or, um, framing or, um, building science and, deconstructing it in a way and like shedding light on some parts of that particular topic that people wouldn't think about and doing a really deep dive, uh, mm-hmm. interviewing industry experts, other, other folks outside of our, our experts are still part of the conversation, but we'll also bring in other experts in the industry in whatever industry mm-hmm. it is. Um, so it's, it's, th- that's another way that we're growing and developing new content and social. I mean, we're mm-hmm. all of every, all the experts on this old house have Twitter in Instagram accounts. Um, Tommy Silva has a, has a TikTok account. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's hilarious. He's, it's really pr- pretty amazing. Um, wow, okay. Yeah. So and he's 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 super active on Instagram. Kevin O'Connor is really active on Instagram. Um Jen Nuada, Mauro Enrique, Charlie Silva, Jeff Sweener. I mean the whole the whole crew, Ross Truthui, everybody everybody's really active on Instagram and uh-huh. you know, showing their own job sites, but also just, you know, behind the scenes of our show or shoots and yeah. um so and Facebook as well. Facebook as well. I, I think everyone could agree who's attempted even like a weekend project that 
asking somebody a pro to just answer like a one minute question is it's unbelievably helpful and valuable. And that comes from somebody who like I Google everything. I can find anything on mm-hmm. Google. But when I was in when I I was remodeling and flipping houses in Arizona for several years and I would call my dad regularly, daily, and I I took it for granted, you know, but I, I, no, actually I didn't because I, it was so helpful. Like, what do I do here? And he would walk me through the steps. And even right now in my shop, I've got to do a little electrical work. And I was trying to think like, oh man, what gauge wire does a sub panel this size need? Mm -hmm, It's like mm -hmm. that, that question. And then an electrician would, it would come out just, you know, instantaneously. And it's so valuable. So I'm speaking about like these call-in shows where homeowners, ask questions. And I, and I know that's, that show has been going on for a while, but there's other radio shows like that. And I just, I just love that concept of letting an expert answer questions and everybody else kind of listens in and it's just amazingly valuable. It is, it is. And it's fun. You know, for me, I, I love learning, you know, I love being able to facilitate that when I can, or it, it, I spent some years as an editor at fine home building and at JLC and I got to do that on a daily, like I would go to job sites around the country and just mm. look over pro shoulders and be like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why do that? I love it because it improves my skills. And then when I'm working on my own house, I can, yeah. you know, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to replicate their, you know, play at their level, even though I'm, 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 right. I know I'm close, at least I have the information. But like you said, like having access to that and, and being able to let o- homeowners in on that is, is is really great. It's really satisfying. It's really satisfying. So this old house started in the East, right? That's where the first kind of seasons were and maybe still, and maybe explain a little bit about like the East coast type of construction versus the West coast. Not that they're so different, but yeah. you've probably been around a little more than the average person. And, and how would you describe the big differences between the different maybe quadrants of the U S well, you know, my main experience, my hands-on experience has been mostly on the East Coast, though the framer I learned from spent time in California, framing in California. So I have a little West mm-hmm. Coast framing in my in okay. my blood, I guess. Um, although we, we used sidewinders, um, and, and mm. you know, you guys, you guys out there and- Yeah, get on that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but- it's interesting. I th- the 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 things that I've seen lately are more related to the tools. I think that there was a time, you know, maybe ten years ago when I was at Fine Home Building, and I I could see a big difference in the way you know just basic things like sheathing, you know, building the fl- floor, decking the floor, and then and then building and sheathing the walls on on the floor deck and then lifting it up like mm-hmm. that's such a west coast thing mm-hmm. now and in, in, uh, you know back east that wasn't really done the same way or you know the way we do our our run our jack studs straight to the bottom plate um mm. you know or in, instead of interrupting them in the middle with a with a with the sill plate like that sort of stuff i feel like has evened out more now because to me because of social, because of Instagram, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, one of, one of my favorite 
Instagrammers, Tim Mueller, uh, awesome framers is his, his handle. He is hundred some odd thousand followers and, and he's in the Pacific Northwest and he, I, I feel like his, his technique is sort of, is sort of making its way across mm. the country because people are seeing, you know, there's, there's more, there's more back and forth happening now. So yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I haven't, to be honest with you, it's been a while since I'm, I'm taking a long winded way of answering the question. It's been so long since I've been on a job site on the West coast that I don't yeah. feel like I can, I can adequately, you know, say sure. one way or the other, but I do think that, that that's happening where people yeah. are, are learning, you know, sharing yeah. more on social. You know, a, a better way to look at it. I'm, I think like quadrant and like the, coast wise but it's probably more like climate climate oriented yeah. in other words like the the northeast cold states are probably doing things similar to you know northern montana and like yep. canada because it's yep. more weather oriented as yep. opposed to where and to your point about uh techniques kind of spreading out same with materials these days where big national retailers are sharing and selling products, you know, across the whole country, maybe mm -hmm. in a way that wasn't happening 10 or 20 or obviously definitely 30 or 40 years ago. But, you know, now if there's a good product that's made by, you know, a big company, it's probably available everywhere yeah. or can be sent there relatively easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, zip, zip, uh, Huber exactly. zip thing is, is a perfect example. Exactly. I remember I was, um, I was a, project manager site super for a while for a custom home builder up in uh, the upstate new york and zip sheathing was just it was just new enough that um framers who'd been around for a long time didn't know how to use it mm -hmm. so this particular project that i was on i came in after it had all been framed they didn't roll the tape they didn't they didn't really install it properly it was the first time they'd ever used it and it was new to me. Like I'd seen it, I'd heard about it, but I was still used to Tyvek and, you know, house wraps, you know, yeah. WRBs in that regard. And it, I wasn't totally sold on the, on the concept of it. And it wasn't installed properly on this particular house. And it wasn't even, I wasn't seeing it very much, but now it's like, I see it everywhere, you know, but it's not that it's, it's, it's LP's, you know, version of it. And yeah, it, that, that used to be, I think, it's not necessarily a quadrant thing or a coastal thing, but it, like you said, like its availability was, yeah. was, uh, you know, that maybe they were like focusing on specific markets for a little while and then it just grew out of that. And now you can't, I, I don't see house wrap very often. Um, certainly not like traditional, um, mm. the way we used to slap staple it and, you know, yeah or cap, you know, cap staples of Mike Gertens right. listening to me. I don't want to, uh, <laughs> I don't want him to think I'm, uh, you know, so. So the yeah. zip is, while we're on that, it is superior basically in everywhere, every way, right? At this point, it's pretty much decided it's, it's the way to go. It seems that, yeah. I mean, the billing scientists are, are, are behind it. Um, yeah. certainly, you know, in terms of efficiency and, you know, when you're building a wall, when you're building a house, it's it's just so, it's so fast. It's, and it, it, 
it's like there's less opportunity in my mind for things to fail if you're doing yeah. it right, if you're doing it properly, if right. you're rolling the tape and you're you're flashing, you know, your your shingle styling your tape and yeah. you're setting and the that. nail depth properly and yeah. stuff. All that. So it's it's uh Yeah, a, a home builder here we were asking about it. He we kind of made the comment like, well, it's it's more expensive and he pushed back. He's like, I don't think so. By the time you track down the house wrap and get two guys on a windy day and just yeah. all that. He's like, it's not more expensive. Yeah. And, and we, we did like a kind of a hybrid on the spec house we're building mostly just cause we wanted to use it. And looking back, we both kind of felt the same way. Like, man, that was, we should have probably just done that the whole way across. So I can see why it's pretty much the way to go. Yeah. And, and now they're, they're developing, you know, what's cool to me in this getting to see over the, over the years is the way these products have evolved and, and the different things that have, that have come up, like, you know, now you can get zip R, which has rigid foam insulation on the, on the underside of it. And you're no longer like having to you know, wrap your house with another layer of rigid to meet your energy code or whatever in your particular area. Now it's already, it's integral to the sheathing and yeah, you've got to figure out your nailing, you know, you've got to use a different nail, a different nail. You might need a a specialized nail gun, but now those are becoming more readily available. So it's like, you know, it's all, I, I think it's all moving the industry forward. I really do. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Hey, so maybe we'll kind of finish about tools because it's kind of closely related to all this and yeah. the way that tool technology is growing or expanding at the same rate or maybe even faster than um, than materials. Uh, as a, to, to start out, I'm, when I first got my first lithium ion drill, uh, it was a Hitachi. I I almost returned it because I thought there was something wrong that the battery was so light. And I remember like I was criticizing it to my neighbor. I was like, this thing is a piece of junk. Look, it weighed like nothing. And I was like, there's nothing in this. I show us what I yeah, yeah. And, and anyways, and that was probably 15 years ago. Now, oh, my gosh. So have you, have you picked up a cordless impact driver or drill lately? It's insane. It's <laughs> it's just insane. And and I was comparing that to the, you know, the big NICAD yeah, batteries sure. that were just it was not even yeah. comparable so so how do you think about tool technology and how it's changing are there tools you're really excited about right now or do you think that tried and true you kind of lean that way or how do you approach your tools i i think that cordless tools are everything and you know you you look at manufacturers now makita milwaukee bosch uh dewalt metabo hpt Everybody is developing cordless tools and they're trying to expand their cordless tool options because that technology, they're, they're not even like, they say they haven't even tapped all of the, the potential out of it. So with NICAD, NICAD tech, um, battery technology is very limited in what you could get, the amount of power you could get, the amount of runtime you could get. You know, there was a lot of issues with, you know, with weather, with climate and, be, mm-hmm. and, and its reaction to cold and hot. But with lithium technology, lithium ion technology, those limitations aren't there um, or certainly not to the degree compared to NICAD. And then compared now that add that add to that now the the motors that they're creating you know brushless motor technology so the the tools you get now the the 
hybrid hypoid. I forget what they're called, but you know, you guys love sidewinders out there. Mm-hmm. No you, worm drive. The worm drive. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a sacrilege. <laughs> sorry. What if you do offend you? You. <laughs> <laughs> you guys love you guys love the worm drive out there. Um, blade left saws. They're cordless now, and they're not a worm yeah. drive, but they yeah. have a motor in them, and the, with the batteries, you can use them. People are framing houses completely cordless now. Awesome okay. framers, Tim Mueller, his crew, they frame like exclusively cordless with the exception of probably their nail guns, but yeah. everything else is completely cordless. And, you wow. know, we haven't gotten there. We've gotten, we've gotten to a place with pretty much every tool where you can replace the corded version of it and not notice a difference. Miter yeah. saws easily like you don't need a corded miter saw um on a job site cordless table saws you know they're they're perfect like they're they work and the the good thing about them and and this is something i've heard from pros who use cordless tools regularly on job sites is you know they take away the the safety issue of of cords running around you know you know there's no trip hazard anymore um you know there's there's a lot of benefit to them and runtime is it, it's showing up like you can, yeah. it's rare that depending on what the tool you're using, but it's rare that you can out run the, Im, the battery on your impact driver. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll have a, you have a battery in your impact driver you have another one on the charger. Like you're yeah. never going to outrun those two batteries. You just yep. not, you're, you, it's not yep. going to happen. Yep. Um, so to me, and now, now with Milwaukee, Milwaukee just launched, um, this, this new, I forget the, I forget what they call it, but they have cordless breakers, like full size cordless generator. You know, I mean, you're running, I remember building a house in the, in the dead of winter in upstate New York. It was the most miserable winter of my life. And we were, we had generator power and it was like, it was noisy it, yeah. you know, we're always fighting the generator in the morning and yeah. running, you know, if you, if you didn't plan ahead, you ran out of kerosene or whatever, like yeah. it just diesel, it just, it's, it doesn't miserable. You know, yeah. like none of that just doesn't exist anymore. It, that I mean, noise of a generator running is torture. Oh my God. It's just like, dr- it drains you. It's a, it so does. It so does. Yeah. 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 I, it never occurred to me, but you're right with cordless tools, just turn it off. Yeah. Turn it off. Yeah. So I feel like I, I, I don't think that it's necessary to run out and buy the latest whatever. Um, and it, particularly if it's the first generation of something, um, you know, there, there's been plenty of manufacturers who've been the first to market with a certain tool, a certain category of tool. And, you know, sometimes they hit it out of the park right away. And sometimes, you know, they, it needs a, it needs a rework. It needs a, it needs. So I, I tend towards holding back and I used to get really excited about stuff when it came out, but now I'm, I'm a lot more, uh, I try to be more balanced and skeptical. I had the hand tool rescue guy, Eric on a a couple weeks ago and he was, he restores old, old tools. And he was explaining some old tools that guys invented that you just are like, what in the world were they thinking? 
but what they were thinking is what you just illustrated that you you kind of tried you you test it and obviously after that iteration they're like okay we got to try something different but that trial and error process of r&d or development whatever is just a part of of part of it you're never going to get those like superstar classic tools right. without some number of kind of you know half flops and then you'll get one that just bang you know one of the one of the real winners yeah every once in a while though but then there's mark martinez who uh yeah who who who, who, um it it just occurred to me because i'm thinking about he he used instagram to get feedback on his prototypes as he was developing that that square um the raptor square and and he you know he's constantly improving all the stuff that he's doing but his you know i remember when he when he first told me about you know he's like Chris, we got to talk. I got this great new hammer. And I was like, Mark, come on. Like, there's no way like, you created the stiletto. There's no way you're like, you did not yeah. beat the stiletto. Like, like, come yeah. on, man. Lightning didn't strike twice. In no, the same there's spot. no way. And then he, and then he, he showed me, <laughs> he showed it to me and, and there were folks out and then he'd shown it to a bunch of people on the Pacific Northwest already. I was at JLC at the time, tools of the trade. And, uh, he was telling me about people's reaction. And I, I just, it was hard. I had a hard time getting my mind around it. And then he showed everything to me. He showed me the way the hand, you know, the head comes off the handle and uh-huh. changing the hand, the grip and everything. I was like, this is awesome. This yeah. is so awesome. So, yeah, you know, and, and he continues to, uh, he continues to push, push the envelope. Yeah. With yeah the, he, he's an innovator, huh? He's, he is an he's innovator. Just, it's like this mindset of, um, everything can be improved. Yeah. As opposed to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, right. it's like, those are both true. Yeah. I love like the mindset behind both of those things. Right. But the continuing to innovate has the benefit of like creating some new cool stuff. So maybe it has the edge. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got the, you know, he has the experience to back it up. I mean, he spent yeah. so many years. Yeah. Beating up wood. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so about cordless tools are, you've are pretty familiar with at least all the big name brands do, do, does any of them stand out do they any of them like approach these things differently or what's your what's your point of view on the big you know the big companies all I, competing i feel like they all have their strengths and weaknesses in given in in a given area and you know they're um you know like like festool for example festool it, they're very niche they they want to be a they want to be a resource for for woodworkers, for high end finished carpenters, and for painting contractors. They don't. They're not trying to do anything else. Um, yeah. They don't want to be. They're not trying to be in the plumbing world. They're not trying to be in, in electric. Yeah. You know, electricians. Like they're not trying to do any of that. We're, you know, ver- that compared to Milwaukee, who who does? They want to. They want to be on everybody's. You know, in, yeah. in all the vans on a job site, yeah. they want all the trades to be using their tools. Um, and they're they're foundation was was plumbing and 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 electrical and i think that i think they all do things something well i can't say that there's anybody that does anything like all of it well you know like Mm -hmm. like not to pick on milwaukee but there's like they came out with their their first finish nailer um cordless finish nailer and it was just the first generation of it was was not good. It, it, mm. it had so many flaws, so many issues with it. They've they've redesigned it and you know hit a home run. 
but yeah. you know they but they they have their uh you know they have their um their angle drills and their you know their saw yeah. their, their sawzall yeah. and their other things yeah. and they're just their like whole hog yeah their whole hog exactly it's like yeah yeah they do that stuff so well so um yeah they're they're you know i think they all the big ones makita dual they're all improving they're all pushing each other there's a, a lot of competition there which i think is good and yeah. um you know i struggle with trying to you know i have i have a little bit of all brands yeah so yeah i it's so fun being in this day and age where the competition between all of these companies is so like intense you know mm-hmm. and the marketing's everywhere and that's great but as a consumer it's like we just win because yeah. all of these new <laughs> great true. tools i mean they're all making like these awesome radios now and stuff and it's not that it, it's just it's just such a for the consumer we just really win having all yeah. these choices all these great tools really creative ones i just noticed um maybe they all have this but uh, makita has a wire a cordless uh, rebar tire mm-hmm. which is used to be really kind of specialized deep and now makita's got one available it's like i could put my battery on it and run it you know they're expensive but yeah how how cool you it's know? so cool i know it's so cool and you know just to speak to that you could use this or not but um people ask me a lot they ask a lot of folks you know, pros i'm sure they ask your dad all the time ask you guys what if i'm starting out what should i do like what should i buy what brand should i buy and the advice i always give is to look at the tool you're going to use the most and yeah. try and you know do some research find reviews on that particular tool yeah. and invest in that and build your platform you want to build a battery platform if you're starting out in the trades, you don't want to be jumping around to different battery platforms, but you want to, you want to try and figure out which ones, which tools you're going to use the most and, and go with that, go with that battery yeah. platform. You know, you might, you might end up needing a, you might be a plumber and you might up need, you might end up needing a, you know, a, a framing nailer down the line and there might be a better framing nailer than the one that you're, you've, the battery platform that you're on, but it's not something you use all the time. So you don't need that best one. You just need a framing nailer. So I think that that's, you know, try and figure out your core tools and, uh, and invest in the, in that category in that battery platform. That's, that's really great. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple tool brands and that I don't totally understand their, what they're great at, but I know they're great at something. And the first is Hilti. Mm-hmm. Is that just like ultra premium high industrial grade or what's up with Hilti? Hilti, Hilti's, their main focus is commercial construction. So, um, concrete and electrical and plumbing for commercial trades and all their tools. The thing about their tools, they're, they're a little more expensive in some cases, a lot more expensive, but you're never they have a they have a twenty year war they have a crazy warranty their their warranty package is unmatched. Oh wow! So if you're a big con- concrete contractor and you have to have fifteen rotary hammers in yes. your arsenal, you 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 might be but you're buying the most expensive rotary hammers, but they're also built and designed for what you're doing. Yeah. And when you're down one, they're gonna 
you know, probably give you one to use while they're fixing the other one. So wow, that's it's, cool. And it's, if you're if you've been in business seventy five years, you know you're going to be in business seventy five years from now. Yeah, worth it. Yeah, definitely. And and as an aside, I mean, I I there I have their cordless. Uh, I have a cordless drill driver kit from them, twenty two volt, and a, and a light that I'm, I'm actually using right now. Um, I love it. I there yeah. it's 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 amazing. It's, it's so lightweight. It's so powerful. It's quiet. It's got some great features and that I've had for probably three years. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. What about fine? Fine. Um, they, they're the, they were the first to create the multi-master. Uh huh. And that's like the vibrating, that's oscillating, the vibrating oscillating tool. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, they were the first, they had the patent for a very long time on the oscillating tool. And but what's the official name of that tool? Is there a generic yeah, name for that? No, uh, um, multi-tool? I, I, gosh, I think it's, I think it's the oscillate. I think it's an oscillating. Well, this answers it. There, there's not some generic term that's there like is, totally. Common. There is. And I just, you know, for a long time, it was the multi, the multi-master. Um, okay. But now they, their patent expired like four or five years ago. And then every manufacturer yeah. came out, but everyone's trying to chase fine. Like yeah. they're that multi-master is like, you're going to spend a little more money for it. But if you're using one every day, yeah, you, you it's, it's worth it. And, and they make other tools as well, or they just kind of those do, like premium I, woodworking stuff. I, no, I think they do make other, um, they, and like Matabo, um, yeah. not Matabo HPT, but Matabo are, I think do a lot of, um, metal work stuff and oh. they have, um, like grinders and, and I'm pretty sure fine has grinders, um, yeah. and, and other drills and, you know, stuff like that. But the multi, the, that multi-tool oscillating multi-tool, I think is the name of it. The oscillating yeah, okay. multi-tool is, yeah. is, was their, their flagship. Um, okay. they probably did other tools at the time too, but that was, they were the first to, to do that. Oh, that's really cool. All right. Any other tool comments or brands or shout outs you for, from you while I've got, while we got you here? Uh, not that I can think of. No. Any personal favorite tools or antique tools, heirloom tools or tool that you just are like, so happy to own that you keep on your workbench just because you love it? I have an S-Wing curved claw hammer that was my dad's. Mm. Um, and I don't use it, but I have it and I'm like, we'll never give it up. Yeah. That's you know? so classic. It, it is. It's the classic S wing hammer. And I, I just, I love it. Is that has the rubber turned like kind of like turquoise greenish sort of. It's actually, uh, the, it was leather, it had a leather handle on oh, it. Oh, the leather and, one. Okay. Even better. One wow. of, so years ago, uh, my dog at the time chewed the leather off of it and it crushed yeah. me. And I still, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I plan to, to uh, hopefully this conversation will spur me to actually get yeah, it done. Yeah, do it. Do it. I want to have it. Restart. I want to have it redone. Yeah. So tell me, let's end on this, Chris, and thanks for coming on. But you mentioned you are running a podcast with this old house that launched recently. Tell us about that and where the viewers can find you and what that's all about. Yeah. So it's called Ask This Old House. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts and, you know, 10, 15 minute episodes about a variety of topics. Um, electrical, plumbing, heating, 
insulation, all of it. We cover we cover everything, and you can you can download it. It comes drops weekly on Thursdays. So, uh, you know, love for you guys so to give is it, it a, a call in shows it call in like from just homeowner types or is it just, a? it's not a, a call in show. So, so people write us and then I call the, the homeowner oh, interview okay. the so homeowner. You kind of curate the we curate it. Yeah. So it's all edited yeah. so that yeah. you're not hearing our, my ramblings or my, yeah. you know, off topic questions or, or whatever. Um, oh, so you, you're you, kind of delivering the problem to your experts exactly. and, and, and talking about, oh, that is really cool. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, everybody check that out. We'll put the link to it in the description. Chris, thanks a million for coming on, for watching our videos. And I know you shared some of our videos in the past on some yeah. of your um, blogs and stuff. So yeah. thanks for all of that. And, um, and looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with over your future This Old House seasons. Thank you, Nate. It's good to chat. <laughs>